You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Breaking news alert. Burke and Miz talk off-season signings. Please call the police if you see anyone suspicious not listening to this podcast. We got a lot of news to talk about. There's been a lot going on these last couple days. It's uh, been uh, keeping me a busy guy, but the first order of business is the Giants signed Devontae Freeman, as expected. Everyone kind of... You know, had the news out that he was going going to go there. He was in for a visit. He ended up signing. That's a great move for the Giants. Deion Lewis, I don't think, was the answer. Wayne Gallman was going to take over the majority of those carries. Now that they have Freeman, he's better than both of them. So I don't think, you know, he's going to have a good week this coming up week. You know, being new to the team and playing the 49ers defense, which even though they're decimated by injury, still can really stop the run. So I think you're going to start seeing that down the road in the next couple weeks. I think by, you know, not this week, but the following week, he'll take over the majority of the workload. Deion Lewis still has some value because he does catch some passes. And uh, I I don't think, you know, you saw him with Saquon Barkley a little bit, so I don't think you're going to see him disappear. And, uh, I don't think he's worth a waiver pickup by any means. And uh, even before they signed Freeman, I thought Gallman was the better pickup. And now that it's the Devonta Freeman signing happens and he's going to be the show, I'm not advising you pick up Gallman. I've seen a lot of people recommend it, saying it's going to be a time split with all the running backs for a while. And I don't see it. I think it's just, you know, they're going to go with Devonta Freeman. Giants have never really had a committee-type backfield. And, you know, if he's available on your waiver wire, pick him up. Get him. If uh, everyone kind of, if he kind of flew under the radar during your waiver pickup, uh, yeah, you need to get him. In our league, I had the first waiver priority, and I, I picked up Devonta Freeman because backs that are going to get the majority of the workload are, uh, hot commodities and they don't just fall off of trees and and Devonta Freeman kind of fell out of a tree so you need to take advantage of that and and scoop him up. Uh, Kenny Galladay he practiced so he's actually going to be in line for his first action of the season. That's really great news. It's, you know he's the uh, the best player on that offense and the Lions can definitely use him. They have looked atrocious so far this season so. Hopefully, with Kenny Galladay coming back, the uh, Lions' offense will uh, come to life a little bit. The curious story, and I really want to talk about this because, uh, you know, I mentioned in the last podcast that uh, Tyrod Taylor just was in line to start and out of nowhere just uh, was benched in favor of Justin Justin Herbert because of a chest injury. And that chest injury turned out to be a doctor trying to get him a shot on his cracked ribs. 
puncturing his lung. And I don't know what type of doctors the Los Angeles Chargers are hiring, but uh, there's been reports of the even the doctor before him having a shady track record of malpractice and uh, prescription abuse. And uh, this is not a good look for the Chargers. The NFL Players Association is getting involved. And Tyrod Taylor wanted to play this week, but the doctors are holding him out. Uh, not surprisingly, when you have a punctured lung, that's a, it's a hard go to, to play with a punctured lung. Uh, but he's out indefinitely now, so Justin Herbert's going to be the guy. And just by sheer stupidity on the, the medical staff side, and uh, so he was one of our pickups for week one, and that is coming uh, faster than what we thought. So he, uh, Justin Herbert's going to be the, the starter. The starter week two, going to be week three. Uh, I don't even know if he loses that job at this point. I mean, it depends on how how long Tyrod Taylor is back or out. But when he comes back, it's kind of hard to not give him the job back, especially with the circumstances. So that's kind of a mess. Uh, it's really sticky. If you have Justin Herbert, he actually might be a decent play with some of these matchups. I He's a rookie, so you want to temper those expectations. But he looked good against the uh, the Chiefs, so we'll see how that goes. And that's really bad luck for Tyrod Taylor. I feel bad for him. Guy can't catch a break. Keeps getting starting jobs. Then they proceed to draft a you know first round quarterback, and then he ends up losing the job within a couple games. And uh, yeah, it's just a it's a it's a tough go for for Tyrod Taylor. I. Devontae Adams is practicing, which is great news. Or, sorry, Devontae Adams is not practicing. Uh, let me rephrase that. He is not practicing. And uh, I think he plays, but it is, you know, you do want to monitor that when when someone's not practicing, especially when it's around Friday. Uh, that's When they're not practicing Friday, you really have to worry. Thursday, you got to worry a little bit more. And, uh, and then you do Wednesday. But... When, when people aren't practicing Wednesday, sometimes it's just, you know, a little bit of maintenance. So, But you definitely want to monitor those people not practicing. And that will do it for our news. We'll get right into our preview. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man. I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Weekly Preview Starting Now. First game we're previewing is the Las Vegas Raiders at the New England Patriots. Patriots are favored by six, and I agree with that. I'm taking the Patriots. No offense to the Raiders and their 2-0 start. They've looked amazing. I think they're definitely a better team than what anyone's imagined. 
I just have a couple, you know, coming off a great win opening week and then traveling all the way to the East Coast. That's uh, that's a that's tough to do. I, I don't think you know. I, I think you know with how good New England's been playing, that uh, they're going to win by more than a touchdown. And you know that's unfortunate if you're a Raiders fan, but uh, you know you got to take some solace in the fact that you're, you're you're two and one after this week. So you know take the take New England, give up the six points, and I think you'll be happy. I, I think they beat the Raiders. Starting wise, you're, you're starting Derek Carr. New England doesn't or hasn't done very well this year against the opposing quarterbacks. They've actually fared pretty well, which is kind of surprising because uh, I know New England was decimated by uh, opt outs and 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 things, but uh, they're they're not as good as what we thought they would be coming into the season against the quarterback anyway, not as a team. So start Derek Carr with confidence. I think he has a, a, a decent game. Josh Jacobs, you need to start him. You are starting him because he's one. You, you know he's your top pick, and uh, but I I do want to put kind of a caveat that it's not a great matchup. New England's pretty good against the opposing team's running backs, and kind of like the Saints. I mean they're not as good as the Saints, so Jacobs will get some volume, but uh, don't expect a huge performance from Jacobs. But I think, you know, he's still going to get enough volume to be a worthwhile fantasy start. James White, you need to start him all over the place. He's questionable, and he just had that tragedy that happened last week where his father was killed, his mother's in critical condition at the hospital from a car accident in Florida. So you need to monitor if he plays. But if he does play, I think he's one of the top plays of the week. The Raiders are horrible at defending the pass from the running back position uh, you know those dump offs to the running back uh, Raiders are one of the worst teams at defending that and James White is one of the best pass catching running backs in the NFL right now so it just is t- it's just too good to be true for James White if he plays and you need to be starting him in all formats if that's the case Sony Michelle uh, I put him in here he's had a rough go He's had a rough go for a long time now, but if there's any game that's going to pick him up, it's going to be this one. The Raiders aren't very good defending the run, and I don't think James White's going to get majority of the carries on the ground. I think that's where Sony Michelle comes in, and he needs to have a decent game. Now, if he doesn't have a decent game here, he's not going to have a decent game all season. You can drop him at that point, but uh, I think this is the last go for Sony Michelle owners on whether he's going to be a good commodity for their fantasy football team. And I'm kind of banking on that he'll do well enough that you keep him around and, and not drop him. But we'll definitely see. Henry Ruggs and Hunter Renfro, both Raider receivers. I have them listed as starts. New England isn't very good against defending the wide receiver position. They seem to give up quite a bit of points. And with Henry Ruggs' big playability and Hunter Renfro's ability to work the middle of the field, I, I just think they both have an opportunity for really good games, and they must be started. Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry, I think both of them could be started, to be honest. Julian Edelman, of course, because he's getting so much volume and targets in the uh, from Cam Newton. He's really like... 
Um, you, you know, you, you were thinking maybe there could be a regression with Cam Newton, and that's just not happening at all. It's just not. Uh, Cam Newton and Julian Edelman are becoming really good buddies, uh, probably best buddies. And I don't see that changing for this one. Nikhil Harry I put in there because uh, he's available in a lot of formats, but his target volume is getting a little ridiculous, and they just haven't been able to connect. So as soon as Newton connects with Harry, uh, this uh, his stat line can be completely different than it has been these first two games. So he's worth monitoring, and uh, I think this could be a game where it, it, he, he takes that, that next step. I'm sitting Cam Newton. I'm hearing all the, or I'm, and I'm reading it too. I'm not just hearing it. I'm I'm reading it. It's right in front of my face all day. Cam Newton's a, a good start for this one. Raiders are decent against the opposing team's quarterback, and I get that you know they play Drew Brees, who looks like he's in decline, but I I don't think that matters with the Raiders' stats. I, I think. They're, they're really good at defending the quarterback position. And uh, that doesn't bode well for Cam Newton. I, I think Cam Newton can make up for that in rushing yards and maybe some rushing touchdowns. But uh, I don't like counting on those from the quarterback position. I mean, it's a nice, uh, I know it's a nice little uh, dessert uh, on top of the passing yards to, to have a quarterback that can run. It's a nice little uh, side dish. But. Uh, I, I guess I'm really hungry because I keep comparing quarterbacks uh, to, to food. But the uh, I, I just think that uh, Cam Newton's not a good play this week, and you need to be cautious about starting him, contrary to what you're, you're reading in the uh, on the websites about uh, who to start. Brian Edwards, you need to sit him, and it pains me to say this because everyone knows how in love I am with Brian Edwards. We're, uh, you know, we're, we're writing letters to each other back and forth, but, uh, Brian Edwards had two targets and he caught both of them last week. That target volume is just not going to sustain you in a fantasy football, uh, league for a fantasy football team. And he's kind of, he's injured a little bit. He, he didn't practice today and that has me a little bit worried. So he needs to be on your bench. Darren Waller, Patriots, they, they can't defend the receivers, but they can defend the tight end very well. They're actually top three team in defending the tight end. So Darren Waller had an amazing game against the Saints. Is not going to be so amazing against the Patriots. He needs to be a bench. And then I put Ryan Izzo. I don't think I really need to talk about it, though, because I don't know anyone that has Ryan Izzo on their team. He's not rostered anywhere. Uh, but he's definitely a sit for, for this week. The next game we're getting into is the Houston Texans at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh's favored by three and a half. I think Pittsburgh wins and they cover the spread, obviously, if, if they win. Um, Houston just doesn't play well against Pittsburgh. The, the Pittsburgh strengths really aren't Houston's strengths. Their offensive line is ragged right now. Pittsburgh blitzes insane amount of times, like 50%. And I don't see their them holding up to that pass rush. I feel bad for Deshaun Watson. And I think uh, it, this could be 
this could be a blowout, to be honest. And Houston, I feel bad for them in a way because they potentially could be 0-3 if they don't beat Pittsburgh. So I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of pride on the line in that regard. But uh, they've had a heck of a schedule. And I don't know anyone else that started their season playing the Chiefs, Ravens, and then the Steelers. That's uh, that's t- a tough go, and, and the Steelers might be the easiest team that th- they've played so far. Uh, so I, I take, uh, in that regard, maybe they, they do look a little bit better than they have, but uh, I, th- that Pittsburgh defense against that Houston offense, I just think it's such a bad matchup for Houston. Starting, I'm starting James Conner. Texans aren't doing very well at defending the run. James Conner's going to be the person. I'm hesitant to start him, though, just because he needs to stay healthy the whole game. He, he did the last game and did well, but that needs to continue. You know, one game, you, you know, you can't be happy over just being healthy for one game. It needs to be a pattern. It hasn't been. So I'm starting him, but I'm optimistically nervous about it. Um, Deontay Johnson, I'm putting him in there, especially if you have, like, punt return yards. He's so dynamic returning punts that just those points in itself, I think, puts him above everyone else. If you don't have those yards, that's unfortunate, but I still think he's a good enough play to to play. His target volume is the uh, the top in the NFL, and that's a lot of opportunity for someone of uh, Deontay Johnson's skill set. Texans are actually really good at defending the wide receiver position, but again, with the volume of Deontay Johnson, I, I don't see how uh, he, he doesn't get most of those wide, wide receiver points for the Steelers. Um, Will Fuller I have in here. The Steelers on the other side haven't done very well at defending the wide receiver position. Darius Slayton had a pretty good game the first week, and then you know Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler... Uh, they were open. Uh, they just always, uh, you know, there's some drops or the quarterback couldn't connect with them. So I like Will Fuller. Brandon Cooks is questionable. I think he plays, and I think he's a good play. And Randall Cobb as well. Uh, Steelers, I feel like, is uh, that slot position receiver is, is a good play against the Steelers. So you can have some confidence in that. I, I like Will Fuller, but Brandon Cooks, like I said, with him being injured, makes me nervous. But stats show that he's a you know he's a good play. Analytics, same with Cobb. So I'm going with the start on those two. Jordan Aikens also is a good play. They, uh, but I'm optim I'm cautious about playing Aikens because um, Noah Fant was the tight end for the Broncos that kind of. You know, was the only weapon for the Broncos uh, that game and did pretty well against the Steelers. But they really held Evan Ingram in check the first week. So I don't know if it's just fans that good or the Steelers are that bad. So I have Aiken starting, but uh, I'm, I'm not a sure thing about that start by any means. There's just not enough data for the season to, to feel confident about it. I'm sitting Deshaun Watson for the reasons I mentioned Texans can't block. Steelers can't be blocked. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, I'm actually benching. I saw him as some uh, as a good start this week, and 
Houston does a good job against the opposing quarterback, and Roethlisberger is kind of a hot and cold quarterback. He, he's kind of shaking that uh, that uh, that label off a little bit by being a little more consistent. But uh, I don't think this is a day where you know he's in the top twelve. David Johnson benching him. Steelers are really good against stopping the opposing team's running back. Melvin Gordon did some damage to them, but, uh, you know, Mike Munchak was their offensive line coach and uh, who knows how to block the Steelers better than that or better than Munchak. So, uh, you saw what happened with Saquon Barkley. I'm benching David Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm benching and James Washington, Jace Claypool, Eric Ebron, basically everyone, but Deontay Johnson. I just think that, uh, Texans do fare pretty well against the tight end position and the wide receiver position. And uh, to be honest, that's why I think Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have a an amazing day is because the uh, Texans will be able to bottle up at least those ancillary pieces to that offense. But uh, I do think it will be a, a great showing by that defense, and it's really going to, uh, to uh, limit the Texans' ability to uh, do much in this game. The Tennessee Titans at the Minnesota Vikings. This will be a, I don't know, this is going to be a tough game for Minnesota all the way around. Tennessee's favored by two and a half points. I'm taking Tennessee, giving up the two and a half points. There's just nothing with Minnesota's defense that I I see that can stop the the Tennessee Titans offense. So I'm I'm sitting Kirk Cousins. I'm sitting Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. Uh, A.J. Brown I have on here just because I don't know if he plays. It's not looking good that he plays. It's You definitely need to monitor, uh, monitor it because if he does play, it's a, an amazing play, and you need to put him in there. But I don't think it happens. So he's on my sit list right now. Ryan Tannehill, you need to start for sure. Going into all my starts, uh, Ryan Tannehill running, passing. Uh, I think he's going to have a great game against Minnesota. Probably he might have one of the top. Uh, he's definitely going to be a top five quarterback this week. So that's how high on Ryan Tannehill I am. Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. You need to play both of those running backs. Not because they have good matchups, because I don't. Both of these defenses are all right at stopping the running back position. But it's Derrick Henry and it's Dalvin Cook. And I, you're just starting them because they're your workhorse backs on your team. And, you know, you drafted them in the first round. Corey Davis is due to have a huge game. Uh, last time that was the case, he kind of put up a dud. But, uh, you know, he, he does better when he, I guess he's flying under the radar. He has a great matchup. You need to play him, though. Numbers don't lie. Adam Humphreys put him in there if if uh AJ Brown doesn't play Adam Humphreys in that slot uh I kind of left him for dead and Adam Humphreys has been you know a little more visible in these games the the first couple weeks so that's good because he was totally invisible last year Uh, Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith I have and I have both of them because I don't know which tight end is going to get the uh the targets but they have a good matchup against the Titans, and one of them needs to be played. And uh, roll the dice with one of them, and hopefully you you hit on it. 
uh, it's the uh, roulette table again, where it's you know black or red. Which one you uh, which one you gonna uh, is it is it gonna roll on? Is it gonna roll on Rudolph or uh, is it gonna roll on Irv Smith? Uh, John New Smith, I have him as well. He's a definite start. He had such a great game, and he doesn't. You know, Vikings have been okay with defending the tight end. They haven't been bad, but Anthony Barr is hurt for the year, and there's just so many injuries that. Uh, and I'm so high on Janu Smith's talent that I think it kind of overrides that. I'm definitely not putting him as one of my top plays at tight end this uh, this week because of you know uh, of those facts that the Minnesota's pretty good at defending the tight end. But I I can't ignore Janu Smith. I'm, he's my favorite tight end this year coming into the season. He's proven that he's you know, the the best tight end right now, at least after the first couple of weeks, he needs to be played. Pretty soon he might be even on the do not mention list. It's just automatically assumed that he should be in there. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Philadelphia Eagles. Normally, I'd be taking the Eagles and the six and a half points. This is 2020, though and I am taking the Bengals and getting the six and a half points. I don't think the Eagles cover, so please take the Bengals. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Both offensive lines are decimated, really decimated. And the sad thing is, is for the Bengals, DJ Reader and Geno Atkins, uh, well, Reader's definitely not playing. Atkins doesn't look like he's playing. That's going to be a big blow to that defensive line. But the Eagles' offensive line is worse, and I don't think they can protect Carson Wentz. And so, yeah, take uh, take the Bengals. Get the points, too. You're going to sit Joe Burrow because, like I said, the offensive lines are bad. I don't think they can protect Joe Burrow against this Philadelphia front seven. And it's going to be a difficult day for Joe Burrow after uh, all the fanfare he got for his performance on Cleveland. And... Carson Wentz, same thing. Carson Wentz is not going to have time to throw. And he has no one to throw to. Um, it's going to be one of those games of a pickup when you're a little kid where you have the football by yourself and you pretend to play and you know you throw the ball to yourself over and over. Uh, that's going to be Carson Wentz in this game because he has no one to throw to at all. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Greg Ward, I have them. Uh, you know They need to be benched. They're probably not on your team. But uh, Alshon Jeffrey's not going to play. Jalen Rager is probably going to be out for a couple months, which is unfortunate. And, you know, Deshaun Jackson, there's inklings that he might not play. Uh, he's not on the injury report today, though, so uh, hopefully that's uh, that's not the case. If Deshaun Jackson plays and he's the only one, then great. They don't have to play John Hightower. That's really what it comes down to. But I, I'm not starting a Philadelphia receiver. I don't like those matchups. Bengals are actually pretty decent at defending against the receivers. They're, they're secondary. Uh, you know, I'm not big on the Bengals' uh, uh, cornerbacks, but I, I do like their safeties. Um, going to, oh yeah, A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. I'm benching. I just think that... Uh, the Eagles are done a pretty decent job at defending the wide receiver position. And I've been wrong two weeks in a row 
because last year they were horrible at the, especially the slot receiver. And whatever happened this year, they're 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 doing a pretty good job. And uh, I think they shut down AJ Green and Tyler Boyd completely. I have Dallas uh, Goddard on the bench, although I am starting Zach Ertz, and I'm kind of rolling the die on this one. The, the, the Bengals are decent at defending the tight end position, but, you know, they give up like six points a game at the tight end position, and I just, with Zach Ertz's volume and how many yards he can he usually gets from that position, I'm banking on him to get those points and kind of fading Dallas Goddard. Bengals, on the other hand, they have an amazing matchup against the Eagles at tight end. Drew Sample is going to be the guy that everyone's going to rave about after this week. I'm, I haven't seen Drew Sample play. Uh, CJ Azuma had a great game last week. He was going to be talked about. Now it's Drew Sample. He's uh, it's like Top Gun, you know. CJ Azuma lost it, turned in his wings, and now uh, Drew Sample's number one, and he has a, an amazing matchup against the Eagles. So I, I'm playing that matchup. And if you need a one week starter for because of injuries or you really don't like your matchup, pick up Drew Sample. I think he will have a decent week for you. Miles Sanders, I have starting, of course. Bengals are horrific at stopping the run, and if those defensive tackles don't play, like I was talking about earlier, then he's even a better play. He actually might be my start of the week because of that. So, I mean, I need to put the bells and whistles on Mike Sanders in this one, or Miles Sanders in this one, if he if he plays. Um. Or, sorry, if he plays. He's going to play, and he, he's going to be a star. So this is like my one block that if I was going to pick one running back to to dominate for me, Miles Sanders would be my pick. Joe Mixon, I have him starting too. I just think he gets a lot of volume in this offense. He, he hasn't been utilized like he should. It's kind of like shades of last year where he started off really slow. He's starting off slow this year, but I'm not ready to bury him yet. And... I think potentially he could have a, a decent game against the uh, the Eagles if they use him right. So he's on my start list. At this point, if he doesn't have a good game after this week, then you need to have have some you know you're gonna have to have a come to Jesus meeting and and really have a long talk with yourself because more than likely he's a first round draft pick or early second, and you need to uh, determine with his production if it's worth keeping him in your lineup. But uh, having said that, I, I think he, he rebounds a little bit against the Eagles. Zach Ertz, like I said, playing him just because I think he, although the Bengals are good at defending the tight end, he gets those tight end points that uh, they do give up. Now on to the San Francisco 49ers at the New York Giants. San Francisco's favored by three and a half. It's a tough road trip for the 49ers traveling all the way from San Francisco to New York, but I think they cover and they win the game, and it's going to be closer than what we think just because of you know them going across the country to play, and then also they've had a lot of injuries, so they're a little decimated. And, and the Giants are actually playing better than what we thought. They have a really tough schedule, and... They're they're losing, but they're playing better than 
against they played better against the Steelers and the Bears than what I thought they would. And I, I expect the same with the 49ers. So maybe they're not as bad of a team as we think. But, you know, I was talking about Texans with their brutal schedule at the beginning. I think the Broncos and the Giants are two other teams that have just been, man, their schedule has been brutal. And uh, it's not letting up for a couple of games. So it puts them in a behind the eight ball right at the beginning of the season. Having said that, I am sitting Daniel Jones. And I know I'm sitting him every week. So you're like, well, is he even worth a roster spot? I think he is. I think he's, you know, and he was also one of my picks to have a uh, uh, kind of a breakout season. And I still think he does. I just, you know, with the early season schedule, it's as brutal as it's been, I think he's going to start coming around when the schedule eases up, and you're going to see the Daniel Jones that, uh, you know, we've been predicting uh, on this podcast for a while now. And so definitely hold on to him. If you held on to him this long, hold on to him for, you know, a couple more games, and then you'll you'll be happy that you did. But you're sitting him this week for sure. Nick Mullins, you're sitting him against the Giants. Giants do well against the opposing quarterback this year so far. And Nick Mullins is the backup because Jimmy Garoppolo is hurt and uh, is not going to play. Devonta Freeman, you know, he just signed with the the Giants. You're going to be benching him. 49ers are one of the best teams against the rush. Wayne Gallman, I put him on here just because, you know, people think it might be a timeshare. And I definitely do that first uh, first game uh, for Devontae Freeman. I, I don't think he starts taking over the majority of the workload till the following week. Jordan Reed, as much as I love him and what he's been doing, uh, he's on my bench. And if George Kittle does end up playing because he is doing limited, or he is limited in practice, which is a great sign, but uh, I don't think he quite makes it back this week. Maybe he will the next week. But if he does, for whatever reason surprise everyone and and play I would still hold off and wait because you don't want it to be one of those situations where he comes in and gets re-injured and you had him in your lineup and again the Giants are decent at defending that tight end position so uh, you know if you waited you know you you weren't able to play him last week you can wait one more week on that Evan Ingram he's been a disappointment for the first two weeks, I, that definitely continues. The Niners aren't, or the Niners are awesome at defending the tight end position, and that is going to really uh, limit Evan Ingram in his ability to perform in this game. Starting Dion Lewis, I know I said I didn't like the running backs in this one for the Giants, but I picked Dion Lewis because he is involved in the passing game a little bit more. And I think he takes over those targets through the air and makes him a startable back. Kendrick Bourne, I have him. 49ers don't really have they're, – they're like the Eagles right now. They have more receivers on injured reserve than they do out on the field. Uh, right now it's Brandon Ayuk and uh, Kendrick Bourne. I actually like Kendrick Bourne. He uh, – you know, even last year, you're talking about Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders, and Kendrick Bourne was kind of sneaky. He stole some touchdowns from those guys. And now that he's going to be probably the main receiver because uh, Brandon Ayuk hasn't come around yet, uh, 
he could be a decent play, and I think you start him. If, if you're going to start a receiver in this matchup, it's Kendrick Bourne. Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, I like both of them. Sterling Shepard went to the IR. That opens up a lot of room for Golden Tate and Darius Slayton. I don't see anyone taking over those targets, especially because I don't like Ingram. So all those those passing targets are going to Tate and Slayton, so you need to start them. And I have Jarek McKinnon. Uh, it's actually a bad matchup. Giants are better at defending the run than what people are uh, saying. And everyone's all over Jarek McKinnon, thinking that this is a great matchup for him. And it potentially could be. So hear me out on this, because this is kind of the thought process you, you have, especially after two weeks where you don't have, uh, you don't have a big enough... Um, uh, sample size to to know how good people are against certain positions yet and they played against the Steelers who kind of threw the ball a lot Benny Snell ended up getting 100 yards towards the end of the game to close it out most of those yards came at the end they, they did a decent job at the beginning and same with the Bears when they played the Bears like Montgomery started out pretty good getting some yards and then he kind of tapered off and, I mean, I guess when you get 20 points in fantasy football, there's not really a lot of tapering off. But, you know, uh, he David Montgomery could have maybe done better. And I hate saying that when someone gets 20 points. Um, so now that uh, Jarek McKinnon is coming up, he's a dynamic back. All the 49ers do is run the ball. Jarek McKinnon is definitely going to get majority of these carries, if not all the carries. He's a great play in that regard. You, you need to play him off of sheer volume that he's going to get. So that's why there's really not a discussion, and, and that's why I put him in there. But, you know, David Montgomery had a decent game, but when you look at the, the Giants and their ability to defend the rush, it, it's pretty good. And um, it, so it, it kind of baffled me that... Montgomery had a great game when the Giants are like, you know, top 10 defense and stopping the rush. And I think, you know, those running backs getting some of those receiving yards is what uh, helps as well because Montgomery definitely uh, did some damage through the air. I don't know. I, I'm just talking, I guess, talking through this whole thing because I like McKinnon. I like his how the load he's going to get. He's going to be, you know, the, the workhorse for sure. But uh, I just don't want anyone sleeping on the Giants like it's an automatic start because they're actually decent against uh, stopping the run. All right, it's the Washington football team at the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns are favored by seven, which, you know, Washington's probably like, we're not getting any respect in this one. We're better team than what people are getting us credit for. I agree with them on that. I'm taking Washington in the points. I think Cleveland wins, but Washington's going to give them a better game than uh, what they're predicting. Uh, I'm sitting, surprisingly, you need to hear me out on this. I'm sitting Nick Chubb. I'm sitting Kareem Hunt. And the reason for that is Washington's really good at stopping the run. And that's all Nick Chubb does is rush the ball. He doesn't get any receiving targets. So I think Kareem Hunt has some value in regards to getting those receiving targets from the backfield position. But as a running unit, I, I don't expect them both to have very big games. And I know you're not sitting Nick Chubb, so I'm not sitting here saying, you know, he needs to be on your bench. I mean, he was one of your top draft picks, but uh, 
I just wouldn't expect a whole lot from him this week against the Redskins. And it's kind of the same on the other side of the ball. You know, you have Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Bryce Love, Peyton Barber. Who's getting the ball? Nobody knows. Close your eyes, throw a dart, uh, see who it lands on. But regardless, the uh, the Cleveland Browns are pretty good at stopping the run themselves, and I'm out on those running backs because you already have to play roulette with which who's going to be starting, and that running back by committee is in full force in Washington. They they live and die by the running back by committee this year, and I'm yeah I don't I don't want to put my money on any of them, so they're on my bench. I'm starting Dwayne Haskins. He's underrated this year. I mean, I think he I think he can do some damage against Cleveland. They're really bad against the quarterback position. Dwayne Haskins can get the job done. He has some good weapons around him. So I think he's a top-12 quarterback this week, and he needs to be started. But having said that, I think Baker Mayfield is a top-12 quarterback because Washington is just as bad at defending against the quarterback. Well, maybe not quite as bad, but... They're, they're up there, and so Baker Mayfield will probably have his best game so far this season. I think against the Bengals, he had an okay game, but, uh, you know, Chubb and, and Hunt really carried the team. I think in this one, Baker Mayfield will be the one to, to carry the team, and he'll have, again, his best game. Juice Landry, starting him. Odell Beckham, I'm starting Odell Beckham Jr. They'll be the... Uh, They'll get the uh, stats that you've been waiting for. Uh, Landry, I think, gets 100 yards. Beckham, if he doesn't get 100 yards, we'll get a touchdown or two in this one. So definitely worth a start. Terry McLaurin, it doesn't matter who he plays. He's quarterback-proof. He's matchup-proof. Playing Terry McLaurin. Uh, Besides that, I actually do like this matchup. So uh, in all formats, you're, you're playing Terry McLaurin. Steven Sims. He's injured, so he didn't practice today. Watch that, but if he does uh, play in this game, I like him as a potential option. Logan Thomas is my tight end play of the whatever. He's, he's definitely a top three play. Cleveland's the worst team at defending the tight end position, and I just really feel that uh, Logan Thomas can cause some damage in this one. We were high on him last week. He disappointed us. Here's his redemption song. He's uh, jamming out to Bob Marley. Going to get us those uh, yards and those touchdowns this one. The matchup's too good to be true. Austin Hooper, he hasn't done anything. He's actually almost a drop candidate. Give him one more chance. Washington's not good at defending the tight end either. But if he doesn't produce in this one, you need to drop him. Because uh, you, sh- you should start him. He's, he's a top 12 play, starting Austin Hooper. Uh, this is his last chance, though. You're drawing the line in the sand. If he can't produce against the uh, the Washington football team, he's not going to produce for you. So uh, at least they'll give you some clarification if you're a Austin Hooper owner in this one. Next game is the Los Angeles Rams at the Buffalo Bills. Bills are favored by two and a half points. I know Los Angeles is going all the way to the West Coast, but I think they win this game. So take the Rams and the two and a half points. I think this is the Bills' first loss of the season. You're sitting Jared Goff. Jared Goff, 
hasn't had a great start to the season, and the Bills are great at defending the quarterback position. So without even thinking twice, I'm benching Jared Goff. Josh Allen, I mean, he's the MVP so far this season. Well, him and Russell Wilson are in the discussion. And I don't expect him to have a great game. The Rams are good against that quarterback position as well. They played a similar quarterback in Dak Prescott, who was able to run and, and, and pass the ball, and they did pretty well. So I think they have some experience with a rushing quarterback that's multifaceted. So it's Josh Allen, like I said, you're playing him, but I don't think he's in the top 12 this week. I think this will be the first week he drops out of that top 12. Malcolm Brown, you're sitting. He had the injured finger. It's not a good matchup anyways. That's the same with Cam Akers. Daryl Henderson, I would play because of sheer volume, but I'm not happy about it because, you know, this Bills defense is pretty good. I think they're one of the top three defenses in the NFL. And volume-wise, Daryl Henderson might be the play, but if Malcolm Brown does end up playing, uh, there's still going to be a a type of committee in, in that. So, it's how you know what kind of targets he's going to get in the passing game and how much volume he's going to get in the running game. So just be cautious with that. Zach Moss, I'm benching. He's hurt, didn't practice today. Uh, if you know if he plays or if he doesn't play, if he doesn't play, you're obviously not playing him. If he does play, it's just a bad matchup. I don't like it. So you're benching Zach Moss. Well, I take it back. The running back position is a great, great play against the Rams. But I just don't like Zach Moss with his injury. I think Devin Singletary out carries him and gets more of the receiving yards. So having said that, you're starting Devin Singletary. You're not starting Zach Moss. John Brown, Stephon Diggs, I don't think they have big games. So if you have better options at receiver, play them. If you're going to play them, expect a regression from their previous week. Cole Beasley... He's borderline even being on rosters. I don't think he has a good week. And and Dawson Knox, not because of the matchup, even though it's a bad one. It's because Dawson Knox, uh, D- Dawson Knox hasn't been relevant for fantasy anyways. So you're not playing him. Um, you're starting Devin Singletary, like I said. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup actually have good matchups. The, the, the Bills are actually giving up some points to that receiver position. And Robert Woods, Cooper Cup had pretty mediocre days last week. Robert Woods, really mediocre. Uh, so you're you can start you can start him in this one and expect better results. Tyler Higby, he was a monster last game. I don't think he will obviously be a monster this game, but he'll do well and be an effective tight end. I think he's a top six tight end this week. You're playing him with full confidence. But again. Rams go all the way to the east to go uh, to beat Buffalo, and you're taking them in any uh, spread gambling that you're doing. This next one is the Chicago Bears at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are favored by three and a half points, and I think they do it. I, I really do. Even with their really horrible defense, I think their offense will be efficient enough that they'll pull through. Now, Having said that, that the offense will be efficient enough to pull through, I'm actually sitting a lot of their players. Matt Ryan, he's been way above expectations. And, you know, 
he's played well this whole year so far. Chicago's been great against the opposing quarterback. It's going to be, you know, the battle of the Bears being good against the quarterback and Matt Ryan being good at home. So what, what you know, what's going to fold first? I just think that this is a game that uh, Matt Ryan isn't his normal self that you've seen the last couple of weeks. So definitely uh, expect that and don't get really high on a, a big performance from him this week. Todd Gurley, again, with with uh, Todd Gurley, they're, they're not running the ball a lot and or effectively. So I'm benching Todd Gurley in this matchup. It's it just, you know, Bears can stop the run, and Falcons aren't that great at doing it right now. So that's just a no-brainer for for me. Tariq Cohen, you're you're benching him. He's just not seeing enough volume in the in the passing game, and he's definitely not getting the carries from David Montgomery. Um, so he he's definitely a bench. Julio Jones, I have on here as a bench, and not because of what you think. It's not because I think he'll have a bad performance, even though he's uh, allergic to the goal line. It's like a uh, electric fence around the goal line that every time he goes across it, it shocks him and he can't catch the ball. Uh, and we've seen that happen week two. We've already talked about it. But uh, that injury scares me. I'm not sure he's going to be ready. And I'm going to be ready to pivot for that. So he's on my sit because I want people to monitor him and make sure that he's ready to go. And even if he is ready to go, if they're confident enough that he'll be effective in this matchup. I have uh, Russell Gage on my bench because the Bears are good at defending the receiver position. I do have Calvin Ridley for starting, though, because Calvin Ridley is start or bench-proof. No matter how bad the matchup is, you're playing Calvin Ridley. He's scoring two touchdowns a game so far this season. He's in your lineup. We don't even need to talk about about it, and uh, so that's an easy one. Mitchell Trubisky... I feel bad because I've been ripping on him all off season, and then all I've done since then is advocate for him to be in there and starting. He just has a really good beginning schedule. You need to play him in all formats. I think he's a top six, seven quarterback, uh, top seven quarterback. Um, in in this one, it's a good matchup for Atlanta, or I guess I should say Trubisky against Atlanta. Atlanta's so bad on defense, and if I was Trubisky, I'd be licking my chops right now going to that dome stadium working with my guys david montgomery i have starting falcons aren't really good at defending the running back position either david montgomery could have a pretty big game so you're starting him with confidence and alan robinson i know he's been horrible he's even had some good matchups and been horrible but he's getting targets and those targets are going to you know he's going to get that cohesion with trubisky eventually and he's too good of a receiver to be down in the dumps this long, stat-wise. So I think this could be his breakout game, and you need to be ready for it. Like, I have him I have him starting in, in a lot of lineups, and I think you do, too. I think you need to, to, to count on, you know, the first two weeks being a fluke, and this will be his big game. Anthony Miller, I have him on here. You know, he had a horrible week last week. He had a decent first week, though. So people are saying that he should be dropped. I don't agree with that yet. I think you need to see what you have in Anthony Miller. Just because he laid a goose, uh, <laughs> laid a goose, <laughs> laid an egg uh, in his in his last game. This is a good matchup for him against the Falcons, and I think he has a big game in this one. 
Darnell Mooney, the rookie from Tulane, he actually has surprised me and been pretty productive. I think you can start him against the Falcons. Basically, if you're on the Bears and you have a pulse, you need to be started against the Falcons. So I have everyone, Jimmy Graham, uh, start him as well. Falcons are horrible against the tight end position. So if Jimmy Graham is going to produce, it's going to be this game. And I, I get what you're saying. You know, you're probably thinking that, oh, you know, Miz is telling me to start everyone on that offense. Well, yeah, they all have great matchups. The The, the hard part is trying to determine which one is going to uh, be the one that gets all the targets and, and uh, volume in the passing game. And that's kind of been the guessing game playing the Falcons uh, so far this season is which of all my good options is going to be the one that's going to benefit the most because all of them are capable of doing it. Uh, but, yeah, good luck with that because I don't have the answers, and I won't pretend to have the answers on that. I probably won't have the answers to that all year if it keeps up like this. I, I do have Hayden Hurst. I think he is a good play this week. He's been disappointing the first couple weeks, but uh, this is a good matchup for him. So let's see if uh, he gets it together and uh, finally uh, makes it worth the, uh, you drafting him as a potential sleeper candidate. The Los Angeles Chargers are playing at home against the Carolina Panthers. Chargers are favored by seven, which they should be. Because I think they win and they cover the spread. Having said that, though, I think this is a really low-scoring game. Really low-scoring game. And you'll see why. Because I'm actually sitting everybody that I can. I have Justin Herbert on the bench. Panthers are surprisingly very effective against the opposing team's quarterback. Probably because they're not. But teams can run all day on them. They're the worst team against the rush in the NFL. So there's no need to pass. And they just don't. And that could be the reason. So I'm benching Justin Herbert. I'm benching Mike Davis on Carolina's side. Uh, it, it's not a good matchup for him. And again, I think Curtis Samuel takes some of that workload away from him and gets a majority of the receiving targets, but then also gets some of those rushing, uh, uh, that rushing volume as well. But, uh, I have Curtis Samuel on the bench as well just because the matchup's so bad. So it doesn't matter. They're, they're, I, I think it's a running back by committee type thing, and they both should be on the bench. DJ Moore, I have him on the bench. He hasn't been very impressive. It actually has been disappointing. DJ Moore was expected to do big things. Right now he's not, and I don't see that continuing against Carolina just because they're not going to pass very much. And uh, uh, the passing might be more effective, but it's not to DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson, you got to like because he's been a, a top five receiver this year. So I'm still riding that hot hot hand. And, and Teddy Bridgewater, I have him having a good game, so he needs someone to throw to. So I'm starting Robbie Anderson. But uh, on the Chargers side of the ball, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, I am benching all of them. I don't think they have good games. They'll have decent games, but not uh, not good enough that uh, you don't have a better option at the receiver position. Or even tight end. I mean, if you really want to start Henry, that's fine. You can start him. But uh, I, I don't think he has a very 
good game this week. Uh, I mentioned you start Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. The Chargers give up a lot of points to the quarterback position. And and that's odd because they're great at defending the wide receiver position. So where does, I guess, they've, they've played a lot of good running quarterbacks, which they do give up a lot of rushing yards at the quarterback position, so I think that's part of it. But uh, Ian Thomas should have a big game. Some of those balls should go to him because the Chargers also can't defend the tight end position. So I have Ian Thomas as being a good play. He's in my top 12 this week. And Austin Eckler obviously is a top play. The Panthers can't stop the run. We've already talked about them being the worst in the league. And so Joshua Kelly and Austin Eckler, I think, are solid plays that will get you a lot of points this week. The last game of the Sunday morning games is the New York Jets at the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Colts are favored by 10 points. Yes, I had to look that up twice and stare at it myself to make sure it was true, but the Colts are favored by 10. I'm taking the Jets and the 10 points. I do think the Colts win, and I think they win easily, but I can't pass up 10 points starting an NFL game ever. College, it's a different thing, but in the NFL, I'm, I'm taking the 10 points. As bad as the Jets are... Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm giving him a little bit more credit than that. So I'm sitting Sam Darnold. Indianapolis does really good against the quarterback position. And Sam Darnold has not played well these first couple weeks. And I don't blame him. I blame Adam Gase. Adam Gase has not done very well these first couple weeks for anybody. So you really can't be confident in starting anyone on the Jets. With the Colts defense... They've been okay. I wanted them to do better. And to be honest, I thought they would uh, play better than they have. But they're, they're still good enough to be pretty good at most uh, positions across the board. And the Jets aren't good at any positions across the board. So I have everyone benched on the Jets. Sam Darnold, Frank Gore, Jamison Crowder, Bashard Perriman. If he plays, because he, he was injured. So if he doesn't play... Uh, that's a bigger blow to the Jets' offense. And Chris Herndon, uh, bench everybody. If Chris Hogan plays, bench him. If Braxton Berrios plays, bench him. Just bench everybody. Put a towel over their head. Tell them to hit the showers. This isn't their day. I see nothing good from a fantasy football perspective in starting any of the New York Jets this week. On the starting side of things, Philip Rivers, you can start him. Jets haven't been good at defending the quarterback position. Rivers could have a pretty good day. I have Jonathan Taylor on here and Naheem Hines. Jets aren't good at defending the rush either. So this could be a big day for Taylor. I put Hines in there because I think he is still relevant and he'll get some volume. We'll get some work in the passing game. So start him. And Jack Doyle is not going to play again. It's looking really grim. It's going to be the Mo Alley Cox show. And... The only issue I have with it is I like him. He's so big. He's just such a big, gigantic man. But he doesn't have a good matchup. Jets are decent at defending the tight end position. So he had over 100 yards last week. He doesn't do that this week. I don't see him getting 100 yards. He's outside of my top 12 for tight ends. He's definitely someone to monitor because Jack Doyle hasn't 
been that big of a productive tight end for the Colts. Uh, he's a great guy. He, he does some other things well, but uh, receiving yards and touchdowns isn't one of them. And Mo Alley Cox getting 100 yards his first start kind of shows me that uh, maybe there's something to this guy that they need to look further into. He's a nat- uh, matchup nightmare for how big he is and his size, so he's, he's fun to watch just because of that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting him this week, but uh, I, I'm not expecting a, a huge game from him in, in regards to yardage. But, hey, in in the red zone, he could be a big threat that is worth the uh, you know worth worth a play. And uh, that will do it for our previews. That will do it for today's podcast. You're listening to Burke and Miz the Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Show, and you know the Niners and the Jets. They're basically throwing anyone out there with a pulse at wide receiver. And last time I checked, I have a pulse, so there's some hope. And if that's the case, you might not get the next podcast from me tomorrow, but more than likely you will. And we'll go over the Sunday evening games, the Sunday night game, the Monday night game, and I'll give you my starts of the week and FanDuel lineups. So we'll catch you then. We appreciate you listening, and enjoy Thursday night football.